всем. Добро пожаловать в наш подкаст «Большие черные часы». Мы три друга, а вообще нет, мы три знакомых, которые обсуждают все, что касается разных часов, новостей индустрии и просто всякой несерьезной ерунды. Сегодня с вами я, меня зовут Дмитрий, а также со мной в студии представитель Китая Кевин. Да. И француз канадский, зовут его Карл. Did we just get annexed? Да. How's it going, guys? Buck talk, right? So yeah, today's episode. Uh, <laughs> the reason why I started it in Russian is because today's episode is going to be focused entirely on uh, a famous Russian brand called Vostok. So we'll talk about the history, about some <laughs> famous models, and maybe some buying guides. And it's not like the government warned us about ensuring that it was a positive podcast. They wouldn't say anything bad. Very, very happy. Very happy. Yeah, it's such a great. It's great. Great. Super it's Russia number one. It's the best. It's the best. So, yeah, before we uh, begin, do you guys want to do some uh, a quick wrist check? Kevin? Yeah, I'll start. I am wearing a Vostok Amphibian, the SC710B32. Uh, is is a, it a B or a Russian B, like a V? No, it's a B, like okay. uh, Bruno. 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 Boris Becker. Or like... Or, or, or like <laughs> or Boris Yeltsin. Or Bratislava. Bratislava, yes. Yeah, yeah. Boris Yeltsin. Or Big yeah. Bang. Yeah, Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah. Oh, Bambino. <laughs> uh, so it's it's actually on a strap that it really dresses it up. And it's on this like leather stova. That's why it dresses marine, up. Original. The strap's worth more than the watch. Let me put it on the Patek Philippe leather strap. But yeah, it dresses up, yes. So this watch was one that I ordered during COVID last year. It has like... Um, against COVID this year. But it took... Well, there's COVID this year. What? <laughs> So this took like nine months to get here. So it's a it, was it really nine months? Ah, something like that. It was ridiculous. I think you're lying. Seasons, maybe four months. Seasons, seasons. came and left. <laughs> so you do the math. Maybe at least six. They're like seasons came. <laughs> it's true. Generations. It's crazy. So it's a 41 millimeter. It was my grandparents that ordered this watch. 15 millimeter thick, 45 millimeter lug to lug. So it's very compact. It has like a bubble, uh, bubble case. Uh, like an iron wall surrounding the watch. Exactly. So it's in a bubble. The lens is uh, plastic. It's like antique type uh, bubble um, lucite case. Water resistance of 20, uh, 200 meters. Um, it came on a rubber strap. I changed it off. 22 millimeter lug width. The movement is the 2415.01. It's automatic. Manual wind as well. 31 joules. Minus 20 to plus 60 seconds a day. <laughs> That that's what I call. That's precision. a good day. That's yeah. a good day. And totally wound. The run what runs for forty in, hours, thirty-eight. Guessing any guesses? less than a day. No, more thirty-eight, thirty-one. That's what I said. There you go. It's not too bad. It's so, just a conversion yeah. in the Russian. That's what I'm wearing. English. What about you, uh, Carl? Or you don't know what it is? I need to talk about it. <laughs> I really don't know. I I borrowed a polonium special. <laughs> be careful you can't hold it too much in your hands because that metal is very corrosive and yeah. poisonous you will well, lose I, a nail I removed it from yeah. my wrist because it was kind of like itching <laughs> you will lose a nail but also that's also on another strap that's a Vostok Vivian watch the um, 170894 so it's one of the more recent design it has this like um, uh, how can I say it's like a f it's 44 millimeter case size um, I think that's, that's a 44 It's 42. I think it's 40. It's 44 with the. But crown. the lug, lugs are the lug to lug is very short, so it, it wears very nicely. Yeah, it's very compact, very very nice. Um, again, this one you're looking at uh, 22 millimeter lug width, stainless steel watch, manual wind. You know what's crazy about that watch though? It is hacking. It's hackable. Nice. I didn't know. So when you pull it out and you you it it stops uh, the second. Um, so it's a different mechanism because uh, every other Vostok that I've had had the same exact uh, mechanism. Yeah, I think yeah. this one is the same as mine, right? The one you have right now on your wrist. Yeah, I think it's the same one exactly. So this, m the movement, and that one's the twenty-four sixteen B with a really finicky crown, right? When you pull up, or when you pull the crown, they all do. It's, it's, and I'm going to explain why. I'm going to explain why. So this is the. Um, this also has a balance axis shockproof. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and that that one is on a Canadian 
believe it or not, it's Canadian. The company it's called uh, it's it's um it's called Millstrap, uh, and they're from Canada, and that's vulcanized rubber. So it's very it's half the price of that watch, <laughs> but it's, it's excellent from, from rubber strap. But, I mean, but you uh, felt um, it; it's really yeah. It's it's a, it's a very very comfortable, so very soft, very supple, stuff, yeah. very, very, very robust, good. but not overbearing for rubber. And it's uh, it's great. I was swimming with that today. It, 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 it's it's funny that you said that it's half the price of the watch, or it's like double the price of the watch. Yeah, we we're talking about a watch that's under hundred bucks. So most things are going to be like comparable. It's to tough, me. you know. We're talking about Timex. <laughs> And all the bang for buck and the history that comes with it. And I was doing research on Vostok. Vostok has a lot to offer. We, Vostok we is may, cool. We may, exactly. It has a cool factor that we may not uh, realize. You know, is Putin cool? <laughs> what is it? It's like, help. Do you mean Putin is cool? I <laughs> <laughs> mean, Putin is cool? <laughs> uh, it's an inside joke of like a Russian Google search. Yeah, yeah. Russian <laughs> gift. Yeah. If you write help so, in, the, um, in the search bar. <laughs> so Vostok has a lot to offer and I think we're going to get into that. So yeah, but next, yeah. Dim, I think, what are you wearing today? Um, so I'm wearing my Vostok Amphibia GMT and uh, I, like, I like how it's called GMT because it's really a GMT bezel. Right, it doesn't have a, a second movement, um, a complication. It's um, it's a twenty-four hour hand, and there's a bezel that's a twenty-four hour marked bezel, so you can rotate the bezel and kind of adjust it to the let's say the time zone that you want. But I, I've talked about it before in my in the previous podcast. What's funny about this watch? It's very similar to the first one that Kevin was talking about. It, it's it has the same mechanism. It, it's something like thirty-one hours of uh, power reserve. Mine is not automatic. It's not mechanical. It's not manually wound. And uh, the thing about it is that uh, at some point my watch died on me and died for like a month. And the funny thing is that it died. I think maybe maybe something got stuck. Maybe some something. But what's really funny is that because it, when it came back to life without me moving it, I just opened my drawer and I see that the watch is ticking. So it couldn't have run out of battery power. Well, so it came into your room. And shook so it. I think maybe something just got stuck. Some gears got stuck, and then they, when they unstuck, they just continued to go, and they yeah. still had the power reserve. Because when I opened it like a month later, it was ticking. Well, so, maybe it's not. Maybe something disengaged the. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I and I and it was the funny thing. But it was after I, you had put it, I think, for a photo shot in a glass. It was not no? after you, you. You yeah. You said that before, but no, it's it was before. Okay. okay. It was before <laughs> the water repaired <laughs> yeah, it. It's like, right. No, it was before. It died, died like before. Because if you look at the picture, that picture already had it stuck. Well, I can't tell it a picture if it's running or not. <laughs> like, no, but it was, it, I remember it was the, the time was. The, the, <laughs> like, you look at the picture, what? he didn't move. Like, really? <laughs> no, but I mean, the, I remember the second hand was at a very specific position and it okay. was at the same exact position. Um, uh, you completely bro broke my train of thought. Uh, what else did I you want to say? You work with trains? Uh, no, no I, yeah, I work with trains. Yeah. That's true. Uh, yeah, but that's it. So this watch has a very funny story. So it died and I came back to life maybe like a mm. month later and I just opened up my drawer and I see it's ticking. Mm. And uh, you know what? That became... Because I wanted, I wanted to kind of get rid of it because I didn't like it very much. And I still don't like it. It's not a very nice looking watch. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 think, I think I'm just going to keep it because of that story. It's cool. It's like a Frankenstein. Not a Franken watch, but it's a Frankenstein watch that just came back to life. It's like a zombie watch actually. Yeah. And um, so, I was uh, looking at it before the podcast and um, got that bracelet. <laughs> it's the worst, but you know what? It depends on how you approach it. Like in marketing, probably if you look at it with your uh, with your eyes. No, but like in terrible. marketing, you'll probably say something like uh, "I grade tin foil." It is. Yeah. It's the highest grade tinfoil but it was like, on the market today. But, but you see what a good strap can do to a, a watch. Like this is significantly better yeah. than. But that's also a nice, nicer looking watch. I can't do that because yeah. I have integrated locks. Yeah, so. I know. Integrated bracelet, sorry. So yeah. it's 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 I'm stuck. I need to get something like that like what you have. It's it's very nice because it kind of looks like a panerai almost with that. <laughs> and <laughs> and it's it called the pan, yeah. The <laughs> seriously, no, but it does a yeah. little bit from a certain angle. Like you can't tell that it's a Vostok, and it's a very nice looking Vostok. It's very nice. It really is. Uh, really, really um, nice. Yeah. Before we guys get into the the main topic, do you guys want to talk about any news? Anything you want to share before? Well, quickly, I think now you're full full five G. You have full vaccination. Yeah, I got mine yesterday. Your second one? Yeah, yeah, it's in a week. It's been a week. So uh, still my ass, uh, my arm hurts, but not as bad as my brother. Oh, that's a story. Fuck. Oh yeah, yeah sure, sure. So he calls me. Um, he got the AstraZeneca vaccine, and in Europe they offer it for people over. Uh, he's forty-two, right? They offer it, but then here in Canada they don't. For anyone listening, they don't offer it to, to anyone under forty-five. I think, especially or women under forty-five, right? So like, anyway, he got the AstraZeneca vaccine. The second one, he ended up fainting. And hitting his head 
on something like a uh, countertop fainting as he was getting it or after after he's at home he fainted he ended up splitting his head open he has 12 stitches across his forehead oh my god <laughs> well i'm laughing poor 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 your brother but yeah. still <laughs> but he's a very uh he takes good care of himself so i remember i was like the was so he goes I go, he goes i got a ct scan i got this scan i got that scan he goes everything was fine And then, of course, he, he consulted a plastic surgeon for the stitches. I'm like, look, they did double stitches. He's probably going to look fine. Like, just chill out. But uh, that's a funny story later on the road. Like, hey, you have like a scar on your face. Why? COVID. COVID. But that's also Bastards kind of like, got I, me. I, I, my brother got COVID. Oh, he did, eh? Yeah, he did. Because it was monster children. Was it, was it bad? <laughs> What? Was it bad? Was it uh, tough? He, 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 uh, did he have no, it he was fine. Okay. He was fine. He felt uh, pretty oh, bad. But Patrick, uh, Patrick got, yeah, it. Okay. got it really bad. He, right. he was on his ass for like three weeks. And it's still like a thing, but uh, my brother, um, but he was good. Like I remember talking to him and he's like, uh, he had like no voice and he just like, was calling. Hey. but he felt like, felt like he had a flu, like a pneumonia, right? Right. Um, so I know anyone out there well, who doesn't believe in it, sorry. Pneumonia is not the same thing. I know, he just throw, threw those two words together, but <laughs> what? not the same. Well, flu, no, no, wait, wait, pneumonia. sorry. He felt like he had like a Like you have a scratch cancer, right? The way he felt. <laughs> yeah. But you have not, a blister AIDS. There are similar <laughs> symptoms. <laughs> the pneumonia attacks your lungs. <laughs> <laughs> the pneumonia attacks your lungs, but his body felt like he had a flu because of all the, the pain and the aches and all of that. Because of the blister AIDS, right? Oh my God. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, right. So yeah, that's what happened. So now we're all, we're all almost vaccinated yeah, except for vaccinated. you, Carl. Yeah, yeah but it's because Things I'm young, guys. I'm like a decade younger than you. Things are looking good in the here, though. Everything's going green. We're so far, so good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it looks pretty good in Canada. Canada is doing very well. Thank Lowest God. Amount of cases. So Hopefully, uh, we normal. don't get a fourth wave. Yeah. We won't. Well, not as strong as it was last year because, you know, going back to the closure, it'd be just... Well, it'll, it'll never leave. We'll always have COVID. That's a new, as long as we can manage it. That's the new part of life. Just it'll never be as what we had. I don't think so. Hopefully. Well, I think it's the exactly the, the hit, the impact on the social system. None medical. of us are scientists, yeah. so it's hard to exactly. be very sure about what, what's going to happen. That's a podcast. Everyone's a scientist. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think? I'm just kidding. Wow. So, uh, but, but yeah, but you know, speaking of Russia and how uh, it's not going well with COVID there right now, right? Uh, it's not going very well because there's a huge um, uh, um, vaccine resistance or uh, they, there's a general mistrust of the government. I think that adds up, right, to the fact that they only have uh, they only have the one vaccine, Sputnik, that's produced by Russia, and you know they, they've cut some corners, let's say, when they were doing the tests, and a lot of people just don't believe in it. And uh, uh, rather you rather take your you chances. Can, you can go online. Uh, to Google and search like COVID stats that are taken from like reputable sources. So Canada is like within the top 10, let's say highest vaccinated. I'm talking about the full vaccinations, right? We are like at 49% full vaccinated, higher than the States. There's a few countries and a couple of countries in Europe that are high. UK is higher a little bit. Every other European country is lower than us. And I think like Chile is like super high, like 70% already vaccinated. And maybe some small European country. Russia is at 13%. Yeah, it's true. Which is terrible because now they're getting the fourth wave. They just finished the Euro. And there's a bunch of games in Russia, in St. Petersburg specifically. I don't know if that was a, a reason why, but I guess people went to the bars and people went Doesn't to the help. stadium and yeah. people from other countries arrived, right? The fans and stuff. That did not help. So they shut down, I think, the country again. Uh, it's not great. And now they're making this vaccine mandatory. For people, so let's say like if you um, companies, uh, I've I've had some of my you know childhood friends contact me, tell me like asking me like hey like is, this is like violation of human rights. I'm like well yeah, but at this point, kind of, it's either this or you guys live in a curfew every day, right, for the rest of your life. Right. So um, they basically have hmm. to get a vaccine if they want to go back to work. Hmm. And is, is there like, is there human rights in Russia? Well, I mean, we're not talking about North Korea. Oh, we're right? going to start getting into that. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. There's a you, you should watch more uh, American uh, movies from the 80s. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's just... Form your opinion about... Uh, exactly. uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. All right. <laughs> I think so. that the best Russian joke was still on the uh, movie episode about James Bond. Oh yeah! I was the, like, so when you're li <laughs> when you're singing in in Russia, it's like James Bond's the villain. <laughs> I was like, oh no, you killed my comrade! <laughs> exactly, it's not an action movie; it's like a drama. <laughs> uh, Dmitry Mishkin is my favorite uh, villain <laughs> from Goldeneye. So yeah, uh, he's British. <laughs> Sean Bean, isn't it? Uh, Dmitry Mishkin was like a general. Oh, okay. Shambin or somebody else. Yeah, he dies. Everybody always dies. dies. No, Shambin always dies. <laughs> <laughs> he also he either gets arrested or he dies. He gets arrested in like national treasure. I think uh, he doesn't does he? die. He doesn't die, which is crazy. Christian Even he was surprised. Like what? <laughs> 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 I'm gonna be there until the end of the movie. 
<laughs> it's like um, what, what the script doesn't have have more than 10 pages i don't understand exactly <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh let's jump into the main podcast i mean the main topic we we're talking about vostok today um i'm gonna talk first about the history of vostok i think then kevin has uh, uh some discussions about a famous a famous watch amphibian. amphibian and then carl has some pointers some pointers on how to buy a good vostok maybe look maybe places where don't. to buy <laughs> <laughs> buy a seiko <laughs> don't. save your money buy a seiko, buy a seiko. <laughs> uh-huh. all right so um i did some digging and i've researched a little bit and uh, you know i have some privilege uh being able to read in russian so i i you know leveraged that and uh, found some interesting articles i think before we even get into vostok specifically uh, we have to i'll try to quickly summarize uh, the history of soviet watches in general how the whole culture appeared uh this watch industry existed well before the soviet union started it was it existed during the imperial times of russia for example h moser very famous brand today initially started in 1828 in the same petersburg and remained there for almost 100 years as a watch that was built for like the, the bourgeois right uh, it was there for almost a hundred years until the October Revolution of 1918, when uh, like a lot of um, companies were forced to move out of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, another example is uh, I n- I've never heard about it, but there was another uh, smaller, let's say, uh, watch brand, but they made luxurious pieces for like again the very rich people at that time. They're called Pavel Bure, like the hockey player, like the hockey player yeah, from exactly. Vancouver, yeah, well, exactly. not from Vancouver, like, played for Vancouver. Yeah. So and they were also founded uh, like in the middle of the 18th century, sorry, or 19th it, century. Wasn't his nickname the Russian Rocket? Yeah, he was. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. Ask. He was, yeah, yeah, so yeah. super fast. Russian Rocket. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, it started. It was started in like in the middle of the 19th century when they purchased the factory in the local. Um, so learning this in the, the industry, these watches were produced for the Russian elite. And uh, there's a bunch of other different examples, but they were very small companies. Uh, those are the, the famous ones, let's say well-known ones, but there's a lot of different uh, watch companies that existed during that time. And St. Petersburg was the capital of Russia at the time. So let's say a lot of big names, when they were starting in in that in, in Russia, they were in, based in St. Petersburg at that time. Right. So unfortunately, uh, following a few years after the Russian Revolution, uh, a lot of things changed. The borders were closing up. Um, there were no more, let's say, watch companies or experts in the industry left to continue the development of this trade, which created the need to eventually establish a local Soviet industry, right? Because there's always a demand for watches, but uh, eventually you've lost all of your experts and 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 uh, companies kind of moved out of the country. Uh, in 1919, a watch agency is established, uh, which was tasked with leading the watch industry in the Soviet Union. And just to remind you, like the like the, the Russian Revolution was kind of following the events of the First World War, so it was like 1914 to 1918, I think, and then a few years later it was the, the the revolution and the formation of the Soviet Union. So during that time it was a pretty intense time. Uh, let's say genocide, people dying, starving, and so on. You know, you know, Mondays. Distribution of <laughs> <you know. laughs> distribution of wealth, Got meaning taking the wealth from the rich Mondays. and giving it to the poor. Uh, stuff like that. Um, so, uh, when another Tuesday, <laughs> <laughs> hungry Tuesdays, Fridays. Am I right? <laughs> Got a bad case of the Mondays. <laughs> so, 1919, a watch agency was established in Russia, and it was tasked with leading the watch industry in the Soviet Union. At that time, it was overseeing 155 factories that were left over from pre-Soviet times. Right, uh, and then those factors are they can one or the other way related to clock making or watch making. Did they do anything between the post was, and pre-Soviet times? There was almost like a, or there just was almost like a, a continuation. There was almost like a there was almost like a period of pause where not much was going. Did you on. change the sign? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they did. So, so um, there's like a gap in the history. Of <laughs> In, a, in an, an attempt to develop uh, its uh, own uh, watch production, not having to rely on foreign companies, and also because Soviet Union was kind of isolated a little bit, so they, they had not much of a choice but to eventually create their own uh, exper- expertise, right, and making watches. Right. Um, Soviet diplomats actually engaged in various negotiations with Swiss manufacturers, watchmakers, to get the expertise, right, as well as purchase the equipment. That was not really very successful, and this was com- this was going throughout the 20s. 
Okay. By 1929, um, the Soviets finally managed to purchase two bankrupt U.S. watch manufacturers with all of their equipment. They, the, the names of those manufacturers were Duber Hamden Watch Company and the Ansonia Clock Company. So the sale was completed in 1930. Soviets traveled to the States. Um, it's, uh, they, they traveled to Canton, Ohio. They packed all the manufacturing equipment, watch movements, and shipped them back to Russia. Uh, at the same time, 21 former employees of Duber Hamden went back with the, with the Russians back to Soviet Union in order to kind of help them set up the factories and teach the train the people. So it's like a, to, a reverse to... Operation Odessa. <laughs> yeah. Like the inverse, right? Benjamin yeah, Russian Button. Russian version. It's a Benjamin <laughs> we Button get of, uh, of Operation Odessa. Yeah. Yeah. The, the only question is, did they come back? <laughs> well, the history does not tell. <laughs> tell. I was like, <laughs> we like Russia so much that we're going to stay here. <laughs> Russia is like that. <laughs> we love it so much. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> This is Su- Russia, Russia is like a Bermuda super, Triangle. <laughs> Russia, super place number one. Super, super place, place. <laughs> super place. <laughs> super place number oh one, high God, five. So, <laughs> so, okay. So, um, 21 former employees of Duber Hamden sailed back to Russia uh, to help them s- set up the new factories. Uh, the, this purchase, well, this purchase of two of those companies became the groundwork uh, of the first and second state watch factories in Russia at the time. So they, they so they established two they separate. Bought, clock they just factories. bought all their equipment. Yeah, or they bought the name and everything. They and bought the they bought the equipment, the equipment as well as they got the people to, exp- to, yeah. to get the expertise. But right? they didn't continue that watch brand name. They just took all their equipment and brought. Uh, no, they did also, not. So, so they, the brand that went bankrupt, they was like, we're gonna take those experts <laughs> that went bankrupt. Yeah, <laughs> bring them in and bring you in, yeah. and use that bankrupt. We'll show you, uh, we'll show you. yeah, <laughs> that bankruptcy knowledge exactly. to our advantage. <laughs> When they went back to Soviet Union, they've established two uh, companies, very creative, the first state watch company and the second state watch company, wow. which were like the original initial two Russian watch companies. Mm. At least they didn't name it A and one. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was honestly, it was, the, it was the same thing. It was the f- number one and number two. Uh, in uh, 1931, the first state watch factory in St. Petersburg starts to produce wristwatches and pocket watches. And the second state watch factory was creating alarm clocks and electric clocks for the factories, for different factories. So it was not, they're not for people. Right. Um, the, the first state watch factory became famous for producing such brands as Poliot, Strela, Sputnik, and Orbit. Funny how they all have space-themed uh, names. Uh, it still exists today, making watches. And that was before the, the space race. They came up with those yeah. names, right? It's yeah. Interesting. But it was like right. This was like the 30s, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, it was still like 30 years before. It still exists today, making watches under the brand name Seconda, which is just second. And yeah. It just so. 1938. The next major event. 1938. Due uh, due to a successful deal with a French company, the Frunze Watch Company, which was later renamed to the Third State Watch Company. Factory starts to develop higher higher end watches under the name Zvezda, which means star in English. So this was pretty much the beginning of the Russian industry prior to the World War II. Uh, once the World War II started, due to the fear of being taken over by the Nazi Germany, because a lot of those watch companies were located in Moscow and Saint Petersburg, a lot of them had to be evacuated somewhere further into the country. Um, so. Specifically, one of the locations was chosen. It's a south, uh, let's say, southeast Russia location. It's a super small town called Chistopol. Yes, I know that town so well. Yeah, I think it's a. T- I think even today the town has like five thousand people, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe I'm probably wrong. I'm pro- actually probably serious. I think it's fifty thousand people. Sorry. Um, so this move was done in the fall of 1941 when multiple barges with equipment as well as roughly 500 workers arrived to the small provincial town. Initially, the watches produced there were strictly for the military purpose and nothing was available for the civilians. Something like 1,500 locals were engaged to work on the new factory, helping them produce watches for the military and to keep up with the huge demand. Starting from the spring of 1942, during like in the at the height of World War II, um, they were producing a different time equipment and by July of the same year, it was fully, fully operational. So this little town, when they arrived, it was pretty much a village and now it exists, I think it's something like 50,000, but I'll double check further into the podcast. Uh, it's something like 50,000 people that live in there right now, but pretty much it was like the one company town, meaning that that company employs like 60% of the population. Oh my God, okay. Which is, it makes sense, right? Because yeah. it's, it's the, 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 the Vostok watches are still produced by Chistopol and they're still there. 
So um, once the war was over, the Chistopol watch factory began producing wristwatches, which eventually became its main focus. Right. Uh, so I'm still getting to Vostok. <laughs> <laughs> One of the first famous brands produced was uh, the brand called Pobeda, which is funny because Pobeda in Russian means victory. And that was started to be produced in 1950 because, you know, Russia was very big at celebrating the victory day. That was what say, yeah, winning the war. And, uh, and they're still big. They still, they still do military parades on every victory day. Like Bastille Day. Yeah. Stupid. Uh, at the beginning of the 1950s. Destroy the streets for no reason with tanks. And you're like, fuck, man, you guys destroy the city. Yeah. Because <laughs> we won. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah, they, they still, yeah. They yeah, do that. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't get it. Just well, say that. What you, I much prefer the Remembrance Day. The, the way you said it, in my it's head, just, it was like, USA. <laughs> but it's a, it's the same. It's yeah, it's, same. it's it's the same it's concept. Misplaced patriotism. It's <laughs> remember Trump was like, we should do this in America. It's so good. It's so good. We should be doing the same thing. It's, no, he was talking about the North Korea thing. He was like, it's so nice. <laughs> was it? A, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Organized. Um. So Pobeda. they started making the watch Pobeda, which was at, it started to be produced in the 1950s, and it was the most popular Soviet watch for men in the Soviet Union. Pretty much, like every second guy in the country was wearing that watch uh, mm. for a certain moment. I mean, granted, though, there's not a lot of choice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a watch or no watch. What do you want? <laughs> do you want to know time or you don't want to know no time? That's it. Um, in 1952, during the International Watch Fair in Milan, Pobida watches received a very high praise and a lot of acclaim. So they 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 they, 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 they at this point they developed their own mechanisms and they were focusing on let's say I think three aspects. Uh, just to pull watches were uh, made to be cheap, robust, and reliable. Mm. Um, Sounds Russian, like most things from Russia, like cars, guns. It's like all based with this <laughs> friendships, <laughs> cheap, <laughs> rival. Um, the remoteness of Chistopol and inability to source parts led to the creation of their own watch mechanisms and equipment. In the beginning of the 60s, the new watch brand Vostok was presented at the Leipzig International Fair. Uh, it had a high precision movement at the time. And I said specifically at the time because it was minus 10 plus 5 seconds. Not bad. And it was awarded a gold medal. Uh, so 1965. <laughs> yes, by Russia. You're so good. <laughs> so initially, initially in 1965, Chistopol Watch Factory became the official supplier of watches for the Russian military. And pretty much this is one of the main reasons why today when they produce watches, they're all kind of military themed a little bit, right? So um, at around the same time, some of the famous Vostok watches started to get produced as well. Their first, first watch that they produced was the Vostok Komandirskiye. And today, it's still one of the most popular Russian watches, and they are known for their robustness, simplicity, and reliability. Uh, the watch is initially produced for the military, uh, but now are more famous for being owned by the civilians. So riding the wave of their success and knowledge working with the military, another famous Vostok was soon developed, uh, built, uh, in a highly, built in a highly protective water-resistant case, uh, Vostok Amphibia was created, which is uh, a watch that Kevin is going to talk about later. Oh, uh, yeah. So major success in building watches tailored to the military pretty much determined the route that the Chistopol watch factory was would take in the future building watches in general. And most watches nowadays uh, aimed at being simple, um, reliable, and also kind of like middle like utilitarian, right? Military, catered to the military. In modern day, a very major aspect of Vostok watches, I believe, is uh, that they do a lot of collaborations with third parties to produce theme, themed Vostok uh, watches. So like... Um, uh, Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou, right? They they had like a custom made Vostok Amphibia with like an engraving. You have um, you have Vostok Amphibias. You can get like the same one that Kevin has. You can get that same watch. Celebrating different events, like you, for different Russian holidays, you can get a watch. Like you can get a Vostok for Victory Day. You can get a Vostok that celebrates like the Russian paratroopers. You can get a Vostok that celebrates uh, this and that. Like there's a lot of different. So themes. they're like the Seiko in Russia. Uh, well. All no, the like season. a watch for everyone. Yeah, yeah watch maybe, for everyone, maybe, everything. Yeah. Except yeah. they don't make anything expensive. The thing is, exactly, they're cheap. So like it's exactly the same watch, but like maybe the, the dial the dial will have like a different picture on it. Like there's a picture of like a paratrooper or the picture of like a 
uh, like a diver, a picture of like a soldier, right, running the field, and it's like a watch for this, for that. Star this. Wars, yeah. Star Wars, yeah, exactly. No paratroopers, no stormtroopers. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> just I really thought of random paratroopers. Stuff. What's your deal? Do they really like Star Wars? Uh, yeah, and uh, this is the, this is the brief history. And to be honest, like since since let's say the sixties, they don't have a lot of interesting like turmoil stories. They were pretty much. Uh, plowing through and making the watches and they were popular to this day, improving their uh, designs. The one thing that I would also mention is that there's another watch brand that you might have heard is called Vostok Europe. It's not the same yeah. brand. So Vostok Europe... Um, it's my watch guide. It was created, uh, it was created as a collaboration uh, with uh, of Chistopol Watch Factory with a Lithuanian company called Vilnius Kolis in 2003. So the first watch produced was in 2004 and it was presented at Basel World in the the same year. Uh, And a year later, they started supplying watches to Germany, Greece, Poland, USA. And by 2007, they had, they've been selling in 30 countries. So what they do is that they're not cheap, those watches. No, they're not. Uh, They produce very different timepieces comparing to the Vostoks. Uh, but they do borrow some inspiration in terms of design. But that's it. There's so, no other connection. So Vostok's involved in that company. They're like they part set of, it up. But it's a collaboration, it and it's a totally independent company. There's no connection today. They don't have the same mechanisms. They they're different. Yeah, they yeah, do have some inspirations. Yeah, yeah. Vostok it. Europe. It didn't seem the same. It just shares the name. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the whole thing. And and that is a question. Any of you have this? Do you guys have the number of units for Vostok that are so? I'm just wondering. I'm just so curious. yes, I did look it up. Um, More than two. So Less so than three. So. <laughs> Try to guess, and I've looked it up. At the height of this popularity, let's say like before the fall of the Soviet Union, like let's say mid seventies. Yeah. Try to guess how many watches per year they were making. A million. That's before the course, right? crisis. No, no, no. Uh, that's a lot. I, well, maybe that could be. Timex was the biggest selling watch, with their court. Um, what year? Let's say seventy-five. Seventy-five. Okay, so you're oh, seventy-four. You're already, you're Does it make a difference for you if I say seventy-four? No, because you're already posed during the quartz crisis. Oh, at it, point. sure, seventy. It doesn't matter. Like at the height, at the at the peak of their at production, the before quartz, before quartz, they're making uh, 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 one point eight million. They were making three million watches a year. Oi, that's close. They're they're um, like but you stop working, you don't repair them when you, you don't have <laughs> like Timex was right. It was yeah. The idea is there's no serviceability; you just throw it on by another one, right? Mm. So it's a big factory for one shekel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this is the brief history of uh, Vostok. I think at this point we can switch to maybe talking in depth about some famous. Well, model. the amphibia. So the amphibia, the Vostok amphibia, is. I think it's truly an icon of a watch. So it's part of the, at least very close to, some of the original divers that were out there. But there's a link to it, not necessarily because of the timing, but mostly because of how the Vostok Amphibia was conceived. Um, This timepiece can be found with a ton of different designs, and you can pick it up very cheap, cheap, right? So it's not only iconic in nature, but it's a timepiece that has something for everyone, and it's also super affordable. So it's a rabbit hole when you start thinking about it because you go, okay, it's legit, it's got cred, there's an option for everyone, and it's cheap. And it's accessible, you know, accessible. They're all, they're all available as well. So when you're drunk like Dima gets, he went away from Mother Russia and he got a Casio when he was drunk. He didn't get a Vostok. Yeah, I, I, the way you phrased it, it was like when he got drunk, he went out of Russia. I was like, God damn. <laughs> that, was a long, <laughs> that was a long night. What do you do God when you get drunk? You? You're in Finland. <laughs> I, I just defected. From <laughs> I'm like, how am I going to get back? Oh, well, I burned my passport. Let's go to Canada now. Oh, my mom's <laughs> going to be so mad. <laughs> what do you do when you get drunk? I joined a polar expedition. <laughs> Wake up with a dolphin. So ex- what? <laughs> polar expedition dolphins? What are you talking about? There's a monkey with coconuts. <laughs> I'm so confused. This is not a polar expedition. Ooh, it's so cold, but it's hot. There's Sad. <laughs> uh, so you're like Diva. He bought a Casio, and and while you can do the same by sipping on your beluga vodka, purchasing one of these when you're drunk as an impulse buy, you at least have eight months to regret it because that's how long it's gonna take before you get the actual fucking thing. One of you waited forever for her. Watch, yeah, it was like right? six, seven months. I, I, well, earlier, I waited for like three months. Yeah, it wasn't like you contacted or you contacted like the seller. And it was yeah. like, what's the tracking number? And go, yes, no, it's gonna I get there. I contacted the seller and I said. Look, I'm not getting. It. I think it's lost. It's been like four months. He goes, COVID's log. You need. You must wait. Something like that. I can. I swear, he, I can find he it. He told me from I, Marinam. He told me I, I I bought it from eBay and it's an eBay store. 
yeah. uh, something like Mo- Moscow time or something like that. And uh, I waited for two months and I contacted, because there's no tracking number, I called, I contacted the guy, I'm like, hey, like, I still don't get it, don't have it. He goes, okay, wait another month. <laughs> and then, and then, and then, and then if he doesn't arrive in another month, then I'll refund you. So, hmm. yeah, but Mono, like, I'm sure he's dealt with it so many times. He was like very specific, like, just so wait is it for like the like Russia don't have a really good postal service or? we also we also ordered we our watches at the height of the pandemic yeah. so the postal service in general slowed down but I think if you order it like today you should probably get it like if you ever buy some stuff on Alibaba and you use like a local no tracking number uh, postage probably get it in three weeks I think that's that's fair maybe a month I don't know I don't buy it but uh, no like three months is uh, is a lot oh, for God. Russian standards for sure you can you can probably pay for like a, an express service but you'll pay an arm and a leg and I think the problem is that because and, and you need I might the arm be to wear the watch. I might be wildly incorrect, but I think the reason why it's um, it, the postal service is very is not very good be- if it's cheap and if it's very good, it's very expensive. Is because maybe the insurance is very high because they don't really trust the quality of the service. So like yeah. maybe the stuff gets lost and stolen a lot. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to be responsible for this kind of stuff. So it's either very cheap the service or it's very very expensive if you want to get it delivered fast with like a tracking number and stuff. So anyway, coming back to this. So there's a lot of watchmaking history. You buy this thing drunk. Um, and what I think makes this watch particularly cool is that when I'm going to go into the... Um, the nitty-gritty. In how it was built, it really is the anti-Swiss diver. So in 1967, Mikhail uh, Novikov, right? <laughs> Novikov, you know her. Uh, know her. That's and Vera Bel- Belov, designers at the Christopol watch factory. Christopol. They had the, the challenging task to design and produce a dive watch that was reliable to 200 meters with the associated changes of pressure and temperature. So it was essentially at the same height, maybe 10 years later, while well, you're looking at what, 67, so about 14 years later, than that of when the Submariner came out, the Doxas. Blampe 50 Fathom. All the Swiss divers were coming up. So the challenge was that they couldn't take the design of that, of the Submariner, the 50 Fathoms, or the Swiss watches because um, of their patents that they owned. So they had to come up with their own design. So what they did was, which makes it so anti-Swiss, was they literally took the Swiss divers and they poked and pried at them now we know why Dima's always poking, you know, <laughs> and probing, poking flaws into everything we love. The Russians did the same thing. They they poked into all the flaws that the Swiss divers had. They found the main issues at the time, um, and they were able to fix them in their own way. And that's what makes the Vostok Amphibia so special. Um, and now I'm going to get a little bit more technical because the main challenge is obviously temperature. But of course, water pressure is keeping water outside of the, the actual watch. They came up with the name Amphibia, which was equally good on water as on land. So if I were to ask you guys, it's just not a trick question, what do you think the three most important areas of water intrusion are in a watch? Uh, crown, crystal, case back. Crown is number one. There you go. They're all, all of those. Crown, crystal, It's and a seal. It's a yeah. seal is like the main problem. When we did an episode about diver watches... That was like the main, main topic. Exactly. What prevented the early watches of the 20th century to become exactly like highly water resistant. So the conventional way to build a watch was to, at a great depth, was to make a watch, a case, crown, and crystal that had a static resistance. So the ways that the Swiss watches were built is that they kept water out of the watch by using brute force. The enclosure would be so tight, the seal would be so tight, it would not let water in. But the, the Russians didn't go that route. They decided to use the water pressure that so as the water pressure increased, the water resistance on the watch would also increase. Kind of the concept that we see with divers in super compressor watches. So right now you'll see Baltic and these other watchers come out with compressor cases, which has the internal bezel. Those are compressor style divers but true compressors like the Christopher Ward super compressor is that as you continue to go down it uses the water pressure to actually seal the watch even more so in a similar way to an EPSA compressor system so it's improved as the pressure around it increases 
So, what's an EPSA compression? <laughs> I was about to ask the same thing. You said that like it's normal. I, I don't know what's an EPSA compressor thing so system. It's not for us. We know it's for listeners. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. It's um, it, it's for people at home. Yeah, you know that uh, might not well, you know. Can, you can Google it. You have to go. Um, <laughs> EPSA compressor. No, the EPSA is is based on a person's name actually. So it's a case manufacturer by Irvin Piquerez SA. So it's a patent case sealing method that actually would was the first compressor and that would allow it to to um, as the deeper you would go and the more pressure was applied to your case back um, this would actually seal it even more so so that's what the EPSA it's named after the the guy who has the patent of that after Hesse no S-A S-A S dot A yeah the name is Irvin Piquerez the super with a name like that Hesse Hesse it sounds Latin yeah not Latin Spanish. Anyway, so what they did was, the first thing that they did was that the amphibia uses a bayonet-style case back with a threaded locking ring. This case back system doesn't necessarily provide the adequate water resistance. So the amphibia also has a large gasket. So this is what you were talking about, the large gasket, Carl. Mm-hmm. That's made from a, a sintered rubber. So it's an innovative process that uh, Novikov and Belov uh, used from the Russian space programs. So as the greater pressure on the case back would 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 increase, it would actually push itself in this rubber gasket, making the water resistance seal even tighter as it kept going into deeper into in, as the depth increases. We do like uh, tight gaskets on the podcast. <laughs> so that that covered what they did for the case back. Then the second one is the crystal. So they actually put a thick, and as you see, it's a very thick acrylic crystal Mm -hmm. so people think it's cheap and whatnot but there's an actual reason to this unlike the swiss divers that you could actually crack the crystal and shatter it maybe about sapphire but you could technically let's try let's try to crack what happens uh, is that or or what would happen wait wait. because your crystal that sapphire one is so it's rigid as a as a glass the pressure that would apply itself to the watch as dimitri was explaining in the divers episode it could have the crystal just pop off Right, and that that's was something that was that, escape valve. That's right. So one of the challenges there. So what they did here, that was very ingenious, was they actually made um, the uh, the acrylic crystal in a way that it would flex at high pressure. So if you actually press on it at very high pressure, the crystal will end up bending hmm. to give it uh, more tolerance. Some give, some give, instead of popping right off. Really? Yes. So you actually, without breaking it, you can just press. You, you well, I don't know how press you could press, but... Well, the, give me your Vostok, I'll try on that. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's what happens when you get enough pressure, it will actually bend. So their designs were obviously very simple uh, and there's some tradition around it. But then the, the last one is uh, is the crown. And the crown is always something that's that's very interesting with these Vostok because as everyone uses it, they go, it's just so awful when you unscrew it and it comes like right off. It has this weird it's, like... It hangs, right? It hangs, right? But there's a reason for that, a very intelligent one. The crown and the stem and the clutch is all hidden right in the crown. It's, it's the weird feeling that you get, folks. And people think that it's broken. Or flimsy. So the clutch prevents the stem. Is that an excuse though for just being flimsy? No, no. It's kind of like if you buy diesel shoes, they always say that every single one of because them contains imperfections. It's, it's to it's to av- it's to <laughs> avoid. Shit. No, but Dimo, the reason why is that notice notice the cap is is loose. But to yeah, explain why, yeah. so when you when you screw it on, you're screwing the cap onto a thread, but the clutch, the stem piece, is not attached. Right. Which means that if you hit your crown, your your stem doesn't break. Okay. That's the actual reason why it feels so flimsy. But does it actually not break or is it... Uh... Bang. it no, it just, if you hit your crown like this, like this, if you hit it upwards like this, the, mm. the stem won't break because the stem it, is not attached to this cap that screws on. Yeah, right. That's why it's so, it's so flimsy. While in another watch, you pull it out, it's firm because it's attached to the stem that goes right into your watch and you break that, you're done. Mm. Right. Okay. That, there's an actual reason behind. That's so, why it's so, so like so flimsy. It's, See, but it's a, still like a very let's say it's a robust well, design, but it's no, still it, very it's, it's cheesy, building, right? genius. It's building a weak link where you want it to be, pretty much. Yeah. Exactly. Right. They in, they made it independent because if 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 you hit the crown when it's shut like this, the crown think of it as like a cap over a a, um, a water bottle, 
and there was a stick within it, and the the stem that's going into your water bottle, the straw, the straw is not connect or is not fixated into your crown. So when you're turning the lid of the water bottle, if you hit the lid, the straw won't break. Right, mm-hmm. and that's what this is about. That's why you feels like it's like oh, there's something wrong with my crown. It's all like really like I can just turn it like this. It's, it's really flimsy. flimsy. Yeah. It's not. There's a reason for it, and that's why you have to get in the right pressure to be able to wind it. So that's why it, it, it stops it from being bent when you, you hit a shock onto the crown. Mm-hmm. So it's actually pretty ingenious when you look at all those three facets and it's the anti-Swiss watch because they went against everything the Swiss did. The Swiss made a strong crystal that was inflexible. They went with something flexible to fight it. They put a compressor case on the back that would actually increase uh, compression and water resistance as pressure increased and they disassociated the, the the blunt trauma of hitting your watch against something and then the stem breaks and then water gets in this the cap will break but the stem will not so your watch can still function interesting so that was really the claim to fame that the amphibia has so there's I'm just going to talk about two particular amphibias that you can uh, you can buy that I think are actually pretty cool um from a historical perspective, not a buying guide, but just two of them that also why the Vostok amphibia is so awesome. So the first one is the Desert Shield amphibia. So historically, the amphibia, as a diver's watch, they were celebrating the success in the Iraq war uh, military operation of, uh, that was under the same name, Desert Storm. What's the reference? Uh, no, you can, you can just look it up. It's called uh, amphibi- Vostok Desert Shield. Look them up on eBay. They don't sell them anymore. But you can pick one for a couple hundred bucks. Uh, they were marketed to military personnel for about 100 bucks, 150 for civilians, and they were given away at troops that were stationed in Saudi Arabia. So it was the brainchild of the American import company called Timepiece Russian Watches and an artifact of the fascinating period between the U.S. and Russian relations during the Iraq war. So I think it's pretty cool, and you can actually see made in USSR on those watches. So it gives you a little bit of a nostalgia of the good old days, right? <laughs> Back in the days. <laughs> In the, the from the Vostok times, yeah, yeah. So that's, I think, a pretty cool one. And um, I think Gorbachev uh, wore one of those, if I'm not mistaken. This guy knows, it's very possible. I have no idea. <laughs> Give him a call, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna WhatsApp him <laughs> exactly. And then there's obviously another one, so it's a little bit more American, it's a little bit more fun. Uh, if you look at um, if you've ever seen the movie Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou, yes, uh, so he's wearing a, a Vostok amphibia in uh, that Wes Anderson movie in 2004. And it's, if you're unfamiliar, it's just like, he's just like this washed up ocean guy, an oceanographer. Oh, ocean guy. Ocean. Hey, ocean babble. Ocean, ocean, ocean guy. He's <laughs> an ocean guy. I'm so an oceanographer. What animal? So, so is that like a drama about Aquaman? Exactly. It was his birth. I'm it's a, how he came a, a and how he became animal. the worst superhero ever. <laughs> It's like, I hey, what, to fish. what can you do? I shoot lasers in my eye. What do you can do? I can tell that jellyfish to go make me a sandwich. <laughs> the jellyfish is like, he doesn't know where the bread is. He's, he's uh, clueless. And it gets all super mushy <laughs> in the water. It's pointless. It's pointless. It's just, it's just terrible. And they make the ocean look really good. You know how awful it is down at the bottom? It's miserable. It's just terrible. It's dark. You can't see shit. There's no air. Ugh. It's terrible. They don't even have eyes. It's wet. So very wet. Sweat. So anyway, the, the point the is that he, sweating. Well, I think it's fun because it's not to say that it's a failure or whatnot, but he's like this washed up oceanographer. And it's kind of funny that he choose the the Vostok because uh he's kind of like washed up, you know, he's kind of like mediocre as an oceanographer, and he chooses maybe what may have been considered the the mediocre, cheap, more affordable watch. But I really think that um Budget-friendly, affordability, like I said, iconic status. The innovation that goes behind these watches, quality control aside, I think it makes for you know a pretty perfect choice uh, for a connoisseur yeah, as opposed to getting a, a Timex or whatnot. Yeah. I, I just also looked up, uh, as you were reading, I looked up the population of Chistopol. Yeah. It was quite interesting because Chistopol, uh, it starts in like 1856. They had 10,000 people when they settled in there. By 1931, there were 15,000 people. Uh, by 1939, they were 32, but 20 years 20 years later, they were at 60,000. So they quadrupled oh. in like 20 in 30 years. Everyone when, had a kid. once the once the once the watch brand started to be operating there. They had jobs, and they haven't. They, it hasn't changed today. They're they at still have jobs. <laughs> yeah, That's a, the population never grew. It's the same. It's so, the same. but you didn't answer one question, Dimitri. Well, you said at the height of their of their. Success, they were selling three million watches a year. Yeah. Do you have the number of how many watches they sell now, or is that number not available to public? Uh, this is number <laughs> I cannot, 
I cannot share such information with you. How many watches do you sell? A lot. Yes. Put let's, um, so <laughs> well, let's, let's, uh, let's perhaps uh, switch to the, the buying guide and I'm going to try to yeah, find well, it as we are... Buying guide, it's a big word. Um, there's, there's <laughs> it's a napkin. Nap- <laughs> <there's> napkin. <laughs> to buy, it's a corner of a napkin guide. Jesus. <clears throat> no, it just... That, Always curl. It's like, yeah, well... Uh, <laughs> I found some things. No, um, there's some information, but it's hard to know exactly what's what uh, with Vostok and half of the website I opened were in Russian. <laughs> so I did my best, and my best is never really good. <laughs> setting, setting expectations. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll just go quickly with two things that just to open up is all the reference numbers for Vostok are six numbers. So it's two pairs of three. And the first three numbers are always the case, and the last three numbers are always the dial. And you can put what? The, the dial? Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> so you can case type and then like dial. Yes. And you can always find mix and match. They don't really have like a, a line that you always expect to have the same thing. Pretty much any case and dial can fit. So you can find a Vostok for any taste, literally. So maybe that's why, Dimitri, you're talking about that. Uh, you said that. You can find a, a Vostok for this, a Vostok for that occasion. Yeah. So there's a good They were collaborating a lot with the brands and events and holidays mm-hmm. and stuff. So, say for example, if you take a watch, that uh, serial number would be, uh, the reference will be um, 710059. So 710 is the uh, case and 059 is the um, dial. And just go have a quick click. So, a 059, it's a white uh, dial with the um, blue uh, on the top right. If you have like a 634, it's a white with a black on top. The numbers don't even follow each other. It's nonsense. Um, but there's uh, about 12 different dials you can get and about six different cases. They can mix and match. That's just for Amphibia. Like I didn't look for the other so, ones. So yeah, so you can do the same with the Komendirsky. Yes, exactly. The Generalissimo. Exactly. And there's <laughs> special editions. Trumansky. <laughs> the Dear Leader. Komendirsky. <laughs> The Red October. As you were, um, as you were talking, I, I, I found a, a location where it says how many watches they produce uh, right now, and it's about two hundred and forty thousand per year. That's a quarter million. It's a big drop. Those are some big numbers, but that's still, still big, big numbers. Number. Yeah. Holy big shit, numbers. that's a big number. Big number. Grand Seiko was forty thousand units. Panerai is forty thousand units per year. Yeah. Oh, Grand Seiko, yeah, for you sure. But those like, are no, but these you have to compare maybe to like a smaller. <laughs> it's still two hundred thousand. Fine. How much, is, how much is how much is Tiso producing? Uh, three quarters um, of a million? Probably. Omega is, Omega is like 800, right? The Rolex is like 1.1. 1. 1. It's like a, a, it's a, lot. A, a city every year. But I but I found this on like a Ukrainian website. There was like a blog post. So I'm not sure if it's super reliable. Let's take it with a bit of a grain they, of salt. They, they lick their fingers, put it in the wind. Yeah, but he, he, must, yeah. He, he, <laughs> you know, he must get it for some... It must be in the ballpark. Must be yeah. close. It, it's probably like a fraction it, of what they were making. Obviously, a fraction of what they yeah, were making yeah. for. But it's still a lot. 300,000 units is a lot. I don't like. I wonder. That's maybe Timex. Two hundred forty. I wonder, if, like, if you look at uh, Timex numbers, can someone look that? It, you have a laptop, like all of us. I know. It's just uh, <laughs> he's literally uh, typing. Right. Like he just writes Timex sales. <laughs> he, maybe he's not on Google. You don't know what he's typing. <laughs> what is, what, he's on Microsoft Paint. An Alta Vista. <laughs> he's in Excel. He just types yeah. in Excel. And, and, and following those like combo of like uh, dolls and a uh, case, there's um, twelve different bezels as well. And the bezel, they don't have a number, they just have a name. And most of those names don't make really any sense. There's like, in one word, four, the number, loaf, 15, bezel, in one word. That's one type of bezel they have. But they also have the four loaf EKG bezel. That's EKG? EKG, yeah. So they, like an electrocardiogram. No, yes. it's ECG. <laughs> the K is silent. <laughs> It's Greek. <laughs> it's a soft K. It's a soft K. <laughs> uh, they have like the twelve dot RB bezel. It, those the bezels are a bit more harder to understand, but there's still only twelve variants. So it's like six dials, six case, twelve bezels, and they pretty much mix and match. So if you start doing the, 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 mu- the multiplication, you get a shit ton of options. Yeah, and f- from my research, they all fit with each other. They, there's no oh, this dial won't fit with that case or anything. They all fit with each other right, even so the bezels they popping off bezels throwing them there popping yeah. off dials throwing them there yeah the um, handsets are they all the same or they come with like the dials there's two movement for the amphibia oh, but the handsets the hand colors is always the same I didn't no, they, have different, they have different hands yeah, I didn't sure. find the information on that um, so uh, talking about the bizzle, I um, there's some people that mods Vostok it's a big uh, there's a big community, community out there yeah and the first thing they do is they put um, 
a bezel tra- transfer plate so they can put Seiko bezels on. Yeah, I've seen that. I don't like that. Yeah. It but, doesn't look good. But what's funny is that plate to do the transition is pricier than a watch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you see, it, sometimes Seiko mods, they, there's these, the SNZH, which is like the 55 Fathoms. Yeah. They call it right because it looks like the Blampe 55. I have one of those, but they uh, yeah, the mod Blampe it. 55? But, but they mod them to look like the 50, but they mod them like crazy stuff. It's like three times the price of the watch. Yeah. So those are the variant with the uh, reference number. So if you look into it, that's a quick way to know what's what's the case, what's dialed with it. If the reference number also makes sense with what the um, the watch is, right. if it's been Frankenstein uh, in some sort. Um, but there's no information other than that and like the spec of some cases not all the cases I didn't find the spec so I was looking at like the what they call standard case right uh, that's a 40 millimeter yeah but there's uh, 42s there's 44s even smaller ones if you look at the at the case shapes that they offer right um, the 200 meter water resistance nowhere I was able to find that uh, was backed by Vostok yeah I've seen uh, videos on YouTube where they test it and it yeah. doesn't go well sometimes yeah so I, I was watching fire underwater. <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs> How deep Whoa. do they go? <laughs> so one of the big thing with Vostok is it just jumps off your wrist as you get near the water. It's like ee! <laughs> <laughs> come back here. Um, when I was looking to get those, those information, right, uh, I was like, I was looking mainly looking to this because of like uh, quality control, and I was trying to see right. if they're, they're precise and all those things. And on forums, like what you seek, there's you see, there's like two school of thought. There's Vostok is the, the worst. The first and the second. Yeah, exactly. Like a factory A and B, right? <laughs> and the people who are like really, really into Vostok and they say they're the best things, for some reason, they're all from Russia, at least on the blogs. Right. And it almost... Vostok is the greatest company, no more questions. Exactly. It, it's <laughs> exactly like this. It's like, oh, that people, everyone knows that their work has been tested. I was like, well, but if some people test the water pressure and it doesn't hold up like it's not always there right uh, same thing with the uh, people who were asking about the precision of the movement yeah, yeah. and it's there's a precise number of questions exactly there's like people oh it's it's as precise as a rolex yeah, no. like no questions which rolex sometimes <laughs> it's like i literally just got mine opened the box out of the box it's like two minutes off yeah a day <laughs> <laughs> but it's two seconds a day yeah like superlative chronometer right depends on your time zone Exactly right. Oh, it's uh, depending if you're too far north, it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> too south, go go prison. <laughs> too north, to prison. <laughs> it's oh, it's two seconds on the equator. What? Exactly. <laughs> um, so that's another thing too. It's kind of hard to find if they're really precise. I, from what I understand, it's a hit or miss. There's some people uh, they're not from Russia that still say that they're precise and they all time pretty well out of the box. Some people say that they're worst thing. That but ever. that just backs up your statement how, that it's low quality control, right? Yeah. It's just super random. But how much accuracy are you looking for in a $100 watch? Not much. Well, as long be- as it works. Better than better than two minutes a day? Can I ask that? You can. Yeah. Denied. <laughs> Denied. <laughs> you can ask. <laughs> your request has been received. <laughs> Denied. Denied. <laughs> so the two movements in Amphibia, uh, but the, you can find them in uh, other ones, are the uh, 2416, so that with date, and the 2415 without date. Yeah. Um, they do not have a quick set for the date. None of them do. You have to go past the 12 and go back to oh, the Oh, that eight. is so annoying. Yeah. So I got <laughs> lucky today because I brought it today and uh, mine was on the 12 and today is 15. <laughs> They're like, yes. And I was like, yes, I only have to do it three times. <laughs> but oh my God, I messed <laughs> up sometimes when you have to do like 30 days. Oh. Yeah, but at least you can go back to, uh, you pass 12, you go back to eight and you do that movement. It's not too, too bad. Yeah, but we have to do it 30 times. It's not great. I, I know, but... You have to go 30 days, you wait till the next month when it gets <laughs> to the day. Yeah, it looks like I'm not wearing it yeah, for, another, wear for, another for another three week. weeks. <laughs> yeah. uh, but like, once again, on uh, on the forum, you can find people who's like, eh, it's okay, you go like that 12-8 movement. And there's other people who's like, it's okay, it's like the best watch that ever happened. It's like, it's not a, a flaw, it's part of the, uh, it's the charm. Makes, yeah, exactly. It's like I was making a joke about diesel shoes, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you buy diesel shoes in the box. I, that was back in the day, like many years ago. Uh, you look at the, the, the packaging and it says every single... Uh, a product that we sell has those has imperfections that make it specifically unique to you. It's like, God, shut up! Just improve your quality control. <laughs> but it's just that's what they sell, right? Yeah. It's so good. So the the last big thing I uh, was reading about the um, uh, maintenance, like um, what's the um, 
what's the cost and all those things. And the cost to maintain that movement is the price of the watch. And the way that they've built that movement and those watches, they have a 10-year life expectancy. So for them, they technically sell it to you. You should be able to wear it for 10 years without any problems. After 10 years, they might implode. Uh, but to it's either you throw it out. You reach dangerous radiation levels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you probably should stop wearing it. Yeah. So and literally part of the marketing, I guess, from Vostok is after 10 years, it's throw it out by a new one or like get it repaired, but it's maintained, but it's the same price of a new one. So like it's a choice of the uh, the user, right? I don't know if Vostok will last 10 years. Like those bracelets are not really not. They don't uh, induce any confidence. In <laughs> That's why I won't get one with like the integrated lugs like Dimitri, but integrated bracelet. But I will. Um, but uh, I've had other Vostoks. I got rid of the. I have the blue scuba dude, and like immediately took that off. But dude, see cool, scuba dude. And then I put a, a mesh on that. Fuck that. Nato's and like. There's no way I'm keeping that bracelet on it. Like Seiko's. I'm sorry, Seiko's as well. Yeah. I have a I have a nine hundred dollar Seiko, the limited edition, the CRX is sixty nine, dude. I, I I took that bracelet off immediately. <laughs> what about your new uh, the new Seiko you just purchased, the limited edition? The yes, MM three hundred, the MM two hundred. Yeah, that one's good. Well, it's the same one as probably that I have, right? My SPV one forty three. It's it's pretty mm. decent. I I kind of like it. Yeah, I'll it's, get it. It might be almost the same. But I do want to get the Uncle Seiko uh, oh, yeah. if they if if they release one. Yeah, yeah. I like. It. I want to get a tapered one, like a really tapered. And one. I think they're gonna come out with a like a jubilee for it. Hopefully. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll buy it for sure. Yeah, and I was looking. At, it's going to be the last information. I was looking at the Komandirsky. 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 And you want to learn the language. Come on. Well, there's words in those specifications that I'm not able to read. <laughs> like what? Vodonyet Poniev. Wait. It's Vodonyet Poniev. Vodonyet Poniev. Water resistant. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you could have said anything. I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. Because like, K is back this with is, that This word. is my trick. I'm not even Russian. I he's just speak spewing, with confidence. He's spewing uh, <laughs> The trick is, is, is a lot now. of confidence. Yeah. I just say nonsense. Those are not even words, but you guys yeah. buy it because... So so is it Russia, like Russia, Russian made, I guess? Russia just means Russia. Russia, no, that Russia. means a loaf of bread okay. made by blind child. Uh, so yeah, the Komandersky, um, most of them are uh, chrome over brass. Case. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. The only thing that popped out beside that, it's a. Uh, uh, I can no. polish that up. It must pop. Oh, yeah, it must pop as hell. <laughs> Chrome over brass? <laughs> it's like a doorknob. <laughs> Seriously, it's like a doorknob. <laughs> Probably to use a candlestick holder. I think that's made out of that shit. Um, so they use a modification of the same movement as the um, um, uh, Amphibia. And they call it the um, 2414A slash B movement. Uh, it's N1, it's 38 hours, a bit more. It's only 30 meters water distance for the Kamarinsky. And they call the um, lack of a quick set, they call it the rapid set A12. Okay, A12. <laughs> A12 rapid set. That's a function of the watch. What's eight? I wouldn't like 10 and make more sense. Like rapid set. <laughs> um, so. Pretty much, just look online. Uh, look at the different variation you can get. Uh, freaking, freaking watches or fake Vostoks are really, really popular. Who's uh, really? Time to fake yeah, seriously, why would you fake? It's like maybe in the vintage market. I don't know. Maybe, that, yeah, it, that would make more sense. Like, look on, look on blogs, look online of like um, certified stores. Let's say people are really. To do. So, can you tell us of a couple of stores that people can shop on to to pick one up? Marinam was one that I picked up. They were legit. They were yeah, good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I've used the one uh, on eBay. It's called Moscow Time or something like this. Just write a combination Moscow of those words. Moscow Time. Like, super fun time. High Russian five. watch. Yeah, Russia super number one. <laughs> yes. But I think Marinam was like the bigger, you know, more uh, legit. It's called Moscow Time 1010. That's where I bought it. It's a big store. They have 100% uh, um, what's it called? Uh, rating on eBay. And they sell a lot of different Vostoks. Mm. Mm. They also sell Slava. Mm. Also on the Komandersky, uh, there's like um, on the information of that watch, literally they said they were used on space mission just as uh, the Omega men of the moon Speedmaster were due to the end winding function. This is necessary for zero gravity environments. Repeat that again. Sorry, the hand winding function is necessary for the zero gravity environment. That's okay, what they I said. can I can buy it. I'm not a scientist, but I can I can understand it. 
But I love how they tailor what they make to like, oh yeah, this is done on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's not like, working. Well, this is uh, this is engineered. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, we don't have a quick set function. No, it's a twelve super set. Super set high five. <laughs> super set paper calendar. A rapid set. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Every watch comes with a notepad, so you can notepad. write time. <laughs> when you ask someone for you time, take time when you leave house. <laughs> oh my goodness. And you count seconds in your head, <laughs> like a normal person. All comes with calendars for the next ten years. You take daily. You know what it is. <laughs> it's, 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 in, uh, it's in Brooklyn Nine-Nine when uh, someone You save money, you buy more bread. <laughs> it's like you count seconds like a normal person. In Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's like, oh, you should have a, a pedometer like, uh, to count yeah. your, your step. It's like Captain Holt goes, I count my step like a normal person. <laughs> and he walks counts. away like 102, 103, 104. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah, that was a quick buying guide. Normally, just go online, look for it, uh, look for some information. They're really... A billion different variant of that watch. You don't own a Vostok watch, do you? Uh, no. Do you have any interest in owning a watch or not? No, really. No. 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 Um, it's beneath you? Yes. You know what? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad, I'm glad. I'm glad to see your true colors. It's hilarious. <sighs> All right. Okay. Wind it so down. This was fun. Let's wind it down. Kevin, do you. Uh, in Russian, though. Yeah, you have to wind it down in Russian. You should wind it down in Russian. So I'm going to say the sentence in English and you can say it in Russian. That's, that works for me. I'll try. <laughs> I'm not that smart, so like you, you have you put a lot of expectations on me. So let's unwind this. So if you enjoyed this episode, please reach out to us. So если вам понравился сегодняшний эпизод, пожалуйста, можете зайти на нашу страничку Instagram, которая называется Big, I didn't hear Suka in that. Big Black Clock Official. <laughs> and email us at bigblackcockteam@gmail.com. You said it. I thought it was a Freudian slip right there. Can uh, you say uh, let's unwind this? In uh, Russian, вы можете нам написать email на bigblackclockteam.com. Send us pictures, corrections, ideas, insults. Let us know the pieces you want us to review, with of course the caveat that we can afford them. Отправьте нам, отправляйте нам картинки, отправьте нам новости, отправляйте нам все какие-то ссылки на ссылки на часы, которые можем купить. Главное, чтобы мы могли себе их позволить. Always be good to each other. They don't have those words. What? Be what? Be what? I'm sorry. What's that word? Exactly. Each other. Eat good food. What? This is getting worse. Was that potatoes? Potatoes. Have some drinks. Water. Pete. Pete, no, don't stop. And for all of you always always shopping for watches, no, no, no. Maybe for Vostok? <laughs> this is like, you don't uh, shop in Russia. Happy provide to you. <laughs> Thanks for spending time with us and we'll see you next week. Пока! Yes! <laughs> wow! Next time, guys. <laughs> <laughs>